Just staying with me all over this house. We are in an apostolic church, right? Does it all right if I preach? Okay. I'll make sure y'all ain't going to get up and walk out on me when I start preaching. I want to make sure we're in an apostolic church today. Amen. I know we're pushing the envelope on our time frame, but God has no limits. Stand with me all over this house as we turn to the word of the Lord today. Junior church may be dismissed. It's been a crazy service. You're going to have to grant me some leniency. You all been crazy today. I'm just thankful to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. I'm thankful for our junior church so our parents can get some time, amen, without distraction, amen, in the presence of the Lord. If you turn with me today, I do feel I have a word from the Lord for this body. I want to turn your attention, if you got your Bibles, to the book of Deuteronomy, the third chapter. Deuteronomy, the third chapter. I'll be reading verse 1 through 11. If you do not have your Bibles, the text will be provided for you upon the screen behind me. And uh, we're thankful today um, for this opportunity to be in the Lord's house. And to be touched by his hand. How many's felt the touch of the Lord in this place today? Amen. I feel his touch. And I'm thankful for his presence. Deuteronomy, the third chapter. I'll be reading verse 1 through 11. The word of the Lord says, Then we turned and we went up the way to Bashan. And Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us, he and all his people, to battle at Adri. And the Lord said unto me, Fear him not, for I will deliver him and all his people and all his land into thine hand. And thou shalt do unto him as thou didst unto Sion the king of the Amorites which dwelt in Heshbon. So the Lord our God delivered into our hands Og also, the king of Bashan, and all his people. And we smote him until none was left to him remaining. And we took all his cities at that time. There There was not a city which we took not from them three score cities. All the region of Argob, the kingdom of Og in Bashan. And all these cities were fenced with high walls and gates and bars beside unwalled towns a great many. We utterly destroyed them as we did unto Sion, king of Heshbon, utterly destroying the men, the women, the children of every city. But all the cattle, all the spoil of the cities we took for a prey to ourselves. We took at that time out of the hand of two kings of the Amorites, the land that was on this side of the Jordan River. 
for the river of Arnon unto Mount Hermon, which Hermon the Sidonians call Syrian, and the Amorites call it Sinir. All the cities of the plain, all of Gilead, and all of Bashan, unto Salica and Edri, cities of the kingdom of Og in Bashan. For only Og, right here's where I want to preach for just a few moments today, if you'll help me. I won't keep you too long if you just help me preach the word of the Lord. For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. Is it not in Rabbah of the children of Ammon? Nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits the breadth of it after the cubit of a man. King Og of Bashan. The children of Israel have left the land of Egypt. God has given them a promise of a land called Canaan. A land that's flowing with milk and honey. A land that's flowing with abundance. How many know God has more for you than you need? The children of Israel have left bondage behind them. Their blessing is before them. And the only thing that stands in front of them in between them and their blessing is one last giant. One last giant. And his name is Og. Og of Bashan was the only giant left to be defeated. And it's amazing how descriptive the Bible is of some people. But the only thing that the Bible gives us about this king is the size of his bed. I feel like preaching today. Is the size of his bed. I want to preach to you today on what I want to entitle the disease of at ease the disease of at ease I want you to lay your Bibles down in your seats for just a moment I want you to lift up a praise unto the Lord let's worship him together for just a moment all over this house come on is he good today come on praise him like he's good today praise him like his mercy endureth forever today praise him like mercy and goodness shall follow you all the days of your life i think we should give the lord some praise for just a moment in this house today hallelujah amen for just a moment i want to preach to you on this topic the disease of at ease God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments today. (laughs) What a wonderful presence of the Almighty we have experienced in this place today. The children of Israel had often found themselves in battles where the odds were 
stacked high against them. Anybody ever been in that place? They often found themselves, how many know that the Lord doesn't want to put you through some little stuff? He wants to put you through some big stuff so only he can receive the glory. If it's a small matter that you can handle on your own, Brother Corey, you might take the glory for yourself. But when the odds are stacked high against you, Come on, and something supernatural happens, and you get a victory that it didn't in any way make any kind of sense. Only God can receive the glory today. Amen. And the children of Israel often found themselves in positions where the odds were stacked high against them. They found themselves often in battles where the size and the stature of their enemies were obviously greater than they were. Generally, the Bible will give us detailed descriptions about the enemies of the Lord, the enemies of the the army of the living God. And one of the most notable enemies that the Bible speaks thereof um, is uh, that the children of Israel had problems with and that the children of Israel had to face was the champion from Gath. His name was Goliath. We often talk about Goliath. We often preach. We often teach. Our Sunday school department teaches our children about David and Goliath. Goliath was a giant of a man. Goliath was a a giant of a man. The Bible gives us a very detailed description of the giant Goliath. He was over nine feet tall. His bronze armor weighed over 125 pounds. He had bronze plates upon his shins and bronze plates that covered his backside so nobody could sneak up behind him. And his shield was so large that he had a man that they called an armor bearer to walk before him and to hold up the sword or hold up the shield in front of Goliath. He literally had a shield bearer that walked in front of him carrying his shield. Now, when the Bible describes Goliath in this manner, in our minds it paints a very intimidating picture of this champion from Gath. The children of Israel were afraid of this huge giant of a man. They were afraid of his many Victories. They were afraid of how many men he had killed and how great he was. It was a very intimidating picture that the Bible paints of the giant, the champion of Gath named Goliath. The children of Israel cowered in their tents when he came out to challenge them. They cowered in their tents when he came out and defiled the armies of the living God. But the Bible says there was another war in Gath with another giant, a giant that had six fingers. Anybody ever read that text in the book of First Chronicles? There was another giant besides Goliath, and he had six fingers on one hand, and he had six toes on one foot. All together, he had 24 fingers and toes. You can imagine the grip 
of this giant. And the Bible goes into detail. And the Bible tells us a a good description uh, of what was a huge man. And you can only imagine how intimidating this man was. The children of Israel had come out of Egypt on their way to the promised land. But before they could get to the promised land, they had to go through these giants. How many know for you to get to your promise, you're going to have to go through some stuff? I know it ain't popular preaching today. I didn't come to make friends. I come to get some people to heaven. For you to get to your blessing, you're going to have to go through some giants. For you to get to your promise, you're going to have to push your way through some stuff. You're going to have to endure some trials and some hardship. You're going to have to go through some giants to get to your Canaan today. Amen. And here... Uh, we see that the children of Israel had left Egypt and they're on their way to the promised land. And before they can get to the promised land, they got to go through some giants. It's sad when the children of Israel, I tell you, sometimes uh, the folks in the church remind me of the children of Israel. Not you all, of course. Sometimes the folks in the church remind me of the children of Israel, they had once had a Pharaoh, an uh, oppressing, a bonding Pharaoh, a man who was hard on them, a man who uh, oppressed them, a man who enslaved them. And they come out of that place, and God sends them a man of God, and he comes into Egypt, and he tells Pharaoh, the Lord said to let my people go. And all of a sudden, the, the plagues come upon Egypt, and the Lord blesses the children of Israel to be able to leave that bondage. And along the way, a people who once had a Pharaoh in their life will not allow themselves to be led by the man that God has put in their life. But they begin to oppose Moses. They begin to come against Moses. They begin to stand against Moses. They begin to say, why did you bring us out of that place? At least there we had food and water. Yeah, he was hard on us. Yeah, he oppressed us, but we had food and water. Why did you bring us out of this place? And Moses is saying, if you'll just follow me, I'll get you to your promise. If you'll just listen to what I'm saying to you, yes, there's going to be some stuff we're going to have to go through, but there's a promise that's awaiting us. If we can just push on through these giants and push on through this Red Sea as it opens before us. Amen. I'm telling you, don't refuse the leadership that God has placed in your life today. Don't refuse the leadership that God has placed in your life today. They leave this God-forsaken place on their way to their promise that God has in store for them. But they got to be willing to allow God's man to lead them. Amen. I, I Listen, if you're going to defeat the giants that stand in the way of your promise today, you're going to need a man of God in your life. Oh. If you're going to defeat the giants that want to keep you from what God has for you, you're going to need a man of God in your life. And listen, it's, it's going to be his job to keep you from adopting and from taking on the disease of at ease. It's going to be his job to warn you when you get out of the will of God. 
It's going to be his job to get on you when you're doing wrong. It's going to be his job to applaud you when you're doing right. It's going to be his job to pray for you and to lead you and to help get you to your promise. The children of Israel loved the idea that a promised land awaited them, but they did not like the fact that they were going to have to defeat some giants to get to it. Can I tell you, heaven ain't going to be easy. Come on, somebody. Nobody ever tell you serving God was going to be a bed of roses. Did nobody ever tell you you wasn't going to have to face some giants? Did nobody ever tell you that the enemy wasn't going to try to stop you? Did nobody ever tell you that the enemy wasn't going to attack your family and attack your marriage and attack your health and attack your finances? No, you have an enemy today, and you're going to have to push your way through some giants. And it's the man of God's job to help you get through those giants. Og, Og, king of Bashan, was the last giant to be defeated. But I find it very interesting today. I find it notable that the only description that the Bible gives us of Og is a description of his bed. The only description that the Word of God gives us of King Og is a description of his bed. It doesn't describe his size. It tells us he was a giant, Brother Timmy, but it don't tell us how tall he was. It don't tell us how great he was. It doesn't describe his size. It doesn't describe his temper. It doesn't describe his armor like it did Goliath. It doesn't describe how many fingers he had on his hands or how many toes he had on his feet. It just describes his bed. It only gives us a description of King Og's bed. The disease of at ease. His bed was made of iron. He was 13, his bed was 13 and a half feet long in man's measurements and six feet wide. Og had a king size bed. Let me tell you something a king size bed won't always play in your favor. Huh? A king-sized bed won't always play in your favor. And the only description that the Bible gives us of King Og is the size of his bed. This was the description of the last giant to be defeated, to be defeated in the land before entering into the promised land of Canaan. What about his sword? What about his shield? What about a mighty warrior he was? What about how mean he was? What about how many men he had killed? What about how much people feared him? The Bible doesn't give us any of these things. What about how many battles he won? None of these things are given, but it tells us the description of his bed. King Og had a king-sized bed. King Og's bed represented leisure. It represented laziness. It represented contentment. It represented satisfaction and relaxation. It represented the desire to do nothing, to change nothing, and to stand up for nothing. 
The largest, listen, I propose to this body today that the largest giant you're ever going to face in your life is not the one with a sword and not the one with a shield and not the one with six fingers and six toes, but it's the one, it's the curse. The giant that you got to be worried about today is the curse of contentment and the spirit of apathy and the curse of do nothing today. No, sir, no, ma'am. The giant that you better be worried about the last giant before you're ever going to get into your promise that you're going to have to feed today is the curse of contentment, the disease of at ease. It's the attitude that I'm not going to stop wearing that. I'm not going to stop cutting that. I'm not going to stop marking that. I'm not going to stop piercing that. I'm not going to stop going there. Come on, somebody. Come on. It's the, it's the attitude. It's the curse of contentment. It's the spirit of do nothing. Let me tell you something. That bed, it represented leisure, relaxation, contentment. That's the biggest enemy that you got today is the spirit of laziness in your life. The biggest enemy you got today is the spirit of laziness. In your life, my friend, let me tell you something. If you've been in this church for five years since it's been open and you haven't changed anything about your life, the devil is not trying to get you. The devil's already got you. Oh, my Lord, I know that ain't popular today, but it's true anyway. If it's been five years and you can't change nothing, the devil's not trying to get you. The devil's already got you. Come on, I'm talking about the disease of at ease today. The curse of contentment, the spirit of do nothing. Your casual commitment is going to cost you your soul. Your casual commitment is going to cost you your souls. The disease of at ease will destroy you. I'm too tired. I'm too tired to go to church, but I can stay up all night watching movies on Netflix. Come on, preacher. Getting down where I'm living, preacher. I know. feels pretty good right now. I'm going to give this church some direction. I'm too tired to go to church today, but I can stay up all night playing video games. I'm too tired to pray, but I got time to play. Come on, somebody. I can't afford my 10% to the Lord, but I can buy whatever I want for myself. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about the curse of contentment. I'm talking about the spirit of do nothing. I'm talking about the disease of being at ease today. My God. It's the attitude that you're not going to listen to Moses. You're going to do what you want to do. Let me tell you something. You go and do what you want to do. Let's see if you ever get to Egypt because a whole generation of people died because they would not listen to Moses. They never made it to the promised land. Not one single person out of that generation that refused to obey the man of God in their life made it to the promised land. Not one. Come on, the largest giant that you're ever going to face in your life is not one with a sword and a shield that stands 10 feet tall. Six toes or six fingers, the largest giant you're ever going to face in your life is a king-size bed. It's the spirit of laziness, the spirit of apathy, the spirit of I'm not going to change anything. I'm not going to listen to nobody. I'm not going to obey the spiritual leadership in my life. Woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. Woe 
doom, gloom, pain, suffering to them that are at ease in Zion. Come on, I know this is not a feel-good sermon. I know this is not a burp the baby message. Come on, I'm done burping babies. My children are grown. I want to get some adults to heaven. I got a Sunday school department to help handle the kids. I want to preach to some adults today. I want to preach to some people that got some thick skin today. I want to talk to some people that want to get their cane in today. I want to talk to some people that are not scared of hog today. I don't care how big his bed is. He's too lazy to defeat me. I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of the master. I'm a child of God today. I'm talking about the spirit of laziness. I'm talking about the spirit of contentment, leisure, relaxation, the spirit of do nothing. That's the greatest enemy you're going to face. That's a, let, me, let me tell you something. Nobody can keep you from your promise like you can. <laughs> Nobody. So you, you can blame it on that person that made you mad. You can blame it on the one who upset you. You can blame it on that brother in Christ or that sister in Christ that stabbed you in the back. But nobody can keep you from your promise like you can. Come on, Og of Bashan had a king-sized bed. Are you going to allow the spirit of apathy, the spirit of do nothing, the refusal to follow spiritual leadership in your life? To keep you from Canaan. That's the question today. To keep you from Canaan. Doom, grief, pain to them that are at ease in Zion. Them that get the disease of at ease. Sometimes we need the Lord to push us. Sometimes we need the Lord to challenge us, to get us out of that spiritual lethargy that we get caught up in sometimes. Sometimes we need the hand of God to say, you need to go, boy. You need to stop sitting around doing nothing. You need to get busy about your father's business because let me tell you something, an idle soul, is an idle mind is the devil's workshop. And nothing will destroy you like doing nothing. Nothing will destroy you like not reading your Bible, not praying, not attending prayer meetings, not going to church functions, not being faithful to not just church but Sunday school. Oh, my God, I'm hitting about half the people in here. Nothing's going to hurt you like not going to Sunday school. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You say you want to make it to heaven, you better get your butt in Sunday school. If you want to make it to heaven, you ain't going to part-time worship him when you get to heaven. No, sir. No, ma'am, I'm not trying to burp the baby today. I'm trying to get some folks to heaven. And if you're going to make it to Canaan, if you're going to make it to your promise, you're going to have to listen to the spiritual leadership that's in your life today. Come on. Sometimes the Lord's got to push us out of our spiritual lethargy. Sometimes the Lord's got to get us moving again. What do you want to be known as today? You want to be known by the size of your bed? You want to be known as a sleeper? Do you want to be known as a fighter? Come on, because you got two choices. Goliath, come on, Goliath, the champion of Gath, was known as a fighter. He was the champion of Gath. The Bible never mentioned his bed, but King Og of Bashan. The Bible never gave us an ounce, Brother Chris, of what he was about, but it told us he had a king-sized bed. 
He had a bed that was comfortable. It was big. It was made of iron, relaxation, comfort. Come on. That's your greatest enemy today. That's what stands between you and the promise today. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. You want to be known as a sleeper? You want to be known as a fighter? You want to be known by how many battles you won? You want to be known by the size of your bed? That's what we need to ask ourselves today. When's the last time you told the Lord, Lord, thank you. This sermon is for me. Come on. When's the last time you said, Lord, thank you for correcting me? Lord, thank you for trying me. Lord, thank you for searching me. Lord, thank you for giving me guidance and direction in my life. You want to be known as a fighter? Or you want to be known by the size of your bed? When's the last time you told the Lord, thank you for giving you correction? Pointing you in the right direction. I heard one preacher put it like this. If all the sleeping folk would wake up, if all the lukewarm folk would get fired up, if all the dishonest folk would fess up, if all the disgruntled folk would cheer up, if all the depressed folk would cheer up, if all the separated folk would make up, if all the gossipers would shut up, if all the soldiers would stand up, if all the dry bones would shake up, if all the church members would pray up, we can have revival. We can have revival. If we'll just get up, revival's not down. Look up. Which cometh my help? I'll lift my eyes unto the hills today. Keep getting up, church. Keep getting up. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Quit looking down. Start looking up. Quit looking down. Start looking up. Revival's on the up. You got to learn to get up today. Listen, revival's not going to happen for those that are known for the size of their bed. I often listen to people talk about people who've gone on, who face judgment. Usually, there are certain details that they remember them by. Everybody that's under the sound of my voice, when you're dead and gone, People's going to talk about you. They're going to remember you. Are they going to remember the size of your bed? Are they going to remember how many battles you won? Are they going to remember how many times you got up when you got knocked down? Are they going to remember how many times you stood and you fought the enemy face to face? How many times you went to the Lord in prayer and battled for the souls of the people you love? What are you going to be known by today? The size of your bed or the size of your heart today? What are you going to be known by today? You got to quit looking down and start looking up because revival is not down there. Revival is not down there. Let me tell you something, Samson would have never died in the presence of all those Philistines had he not gotten comfortable. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. He was one of the baddest boys ever walked the face of the earth. He took the jawbone of a donkey, and he murdered so many Philistines they couldn't hardly count them. He would have never lost his life. He would have never had his eyes plucked out. He would have never been even chained to those pillars if he had not gotten the disease of at ease. Oh, no, he wouldn't have. Jonah would have never gotten swallowed by that whale 
If he, he would have never had to spend three days in the belly of hell if he hadn't got bitten by the bug and the disease of being at ease. If he had just listened to what God had told him to do, go on over there and preach to that great city. No, Jonah said, no, I just want to be left alone. I just want to do what I want to do. He would have never had to gone down into the belly of that well if he had not gotten comfortable. Saul would have remained the king of Israel. Him and his boys would not have had to die. Saul would not have had to beg that soldier to fall upon that sword had he not gotten comfortable. The disease of at ease will cost you your soul. Come on, the spirit of do nothing, the spirit of I'm not going to listen to nothing, the spirit of I don't want to go through those giants to get to my promise, then you don't have a promise coming. Come on, you ain't taking Egypt with you to Canaan. You can't have one foot in Canaan. To to all of you that think you can live in the world and in the church, you can't keep one foot in Egypt and one foot in Canaan. Honey, I come to tell you, it don't work like that. You're going to love one and you're going to hate the other. You're going to despise one and you're going to cherish the other. You either want Canaan or you want Egypt today. You're either going to be known by the size of your bed or you're going to be known by the size of your heart. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Come on. Come on. Saul didn't have to die that way. Samson didn't have to die that way. Jonah didn't have to go through what he went through. David didn't have to lust after Bathsheba, but he got comfortable. He stayed back from the battle. He stayed back because he had a king-sized bed. And there was a beautiful woman on the roof. David didn't have to go through all that he went through, but he got the disease of being at ease getting too comfortable, being known by the size of your bed will cost you your soul. Church, I come to tell you today, this world's got some stuff messed up. This world's got some stuff messed up. i never seen the likes of people nowadays. Let me, let me, let me tell you this. The symbol of Christianity It's not a gold cross on a gold necklace around your neck. (laughs) My God, I feel like preaching for a minute. It ain't, listen, the symbol of Christianity, it ain't a gold, it ain't a, it ain't a cross on a chain around your neck. It ain't a tattoo of a cross on your arm. No, sir. No, ma'am. It's a tongue that's been baptized in fire. It's a heart that's been washed and cleansed by the blood of the Lamb today. That's what the symbol of Christianity is. Come on, that cross ain't going to protect you, but a tongue baptized in fire will set you on a straight and narrow way, being filled with the spirit of the living God today. Hallelujah. People got this thing all messed up. That cross don't save you. Thank God for what he did on Golgotha's hill. Let me tell you something. It's his blood that washes you. It's his spirit that fills you. I've never seen the likes of people think they can put a cross on them and they think everything. That cross ain't going to help you at all. That crucifix don't mean nothing to the Lord. You want to be right with God, get that tongue baptized in fire. Get that heart washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. 
Come on, get renewed in the Holy Ghost today. Let the Holy Ghost be your guide today. That's the symbol of a child of God. That's the sign that's hung up on the door. It says the Lord lives here. Come on, your countenance will tell whether you're right with God or not. Your countenance will tell whether you're right with God. You don't have to go through the stuff that you go through. Sure, there's some trials. There's some valleys. There's some hardships. But the disease of at ease is going to destroy your soul. It's going to destroy your soul. Getting too comfortable, getting known by the size of your bed is going to cost you your soul. A life sanctified by righteousness and his holiness. Come on, if you're going to live for God, you got to turn. If you're going to live from God, you got to change. If you're going to live for God, you got to repent. And to repent doesn't mean to just say you're sorry. Repent means to turn around and walk away from. No, yeah, I used to be known by that, but I ain't going to be labeled. You ain't going to name me no more. I got the name of Jesus Christ invoked in my life. I've been buried with him. I've been buried with him in weakness, but I raised with him in power. You're not going to label me no more. I got the name of Jesus upon my life. Come on. You ain't going to, you ain't going to, you ain't going to make me known by the size of my bed. No, sir, you're going to remember the battles that I fought. You're going to remember the peoples whose life I helped change, that the Lord used me to speak into their life. What are you going to be known for today? The size of your bed or the size of your heart? Don't listen. Come on, you got to be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, the Bible teaches he's going to spew us out of his mouth. He's going to spew you out of his mouth. You're going to live for God all the way. You're going to live for God no part way. Now, listen, I know the people that babes in Christ, they got to learn. When you've been in the church for five years and you've been preached to for five years, you ought to know better. You ought to know better today. Your sin will still send you to hell. Don't listen to our culture today. Don't listen to our culture. Not everybody's going to heaven. No. No, sir. No, ma'am. There's still a lake of fire. And sin will still send you there. Sin will still send you there. Stand with me as the musicians come. Quickly, I'm talking about the disease of at ease. Woe, woe, pain, grief, sorrow, trials, tribulation, persecution, pain, suffering to them that are at ease in Zion. Zion has long been a symbol of the church. Zion has long been a sign of God's people. Zion, woe to them that are at ease in the church. Woe to them that refuse to listen to their leadership. Woe to them that refuse to change. Woe to them that think they're going to make it to Canaan and keep one foot in Egypt. I come to tell you today, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The last battle, the last giant, the last giant that you're going to have to overcome, 
before you can walk into that blessed land, it's going to be yourself. It's you. It's you, child of God. It's your attitude. It's your mindset. It's the way you think. It's the spirit of laziness, the refusal to submit. It's the spirit of Og. He was known by the size of his bed. The Bible doesn't tell us a single man that he killed. It doesn't tell us a single piece of his armor. He wasn't known that way. He was known by the size of his bed. The spirit of laziness. The spirit of apathy. Spirit of not being not willing to change, to submit, to fully give yourself to the Lord. The spirit of sleeping, leisure. Come on, contentment. This is our greatest enemy. It's our greatest enemy today. Romans 13 tells us, and that knowing the time. That now is the high time to awake out of our sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night, church, is far spent. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Get rid of that laziness. Get rid of that contentment. Get rid of that leisure. Get rid of that spirit of comfort. It's time for you to get uncomfortable. Let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let me tell you something. You can be known by a lot of people for a lot of different things. You don't want the Lord to know you by the size of your bed. You don't want the Lord to know you as, well, that was a child of mine that would never fully submit to me. That was a child of mine. I tried to help them, but they weren't willing to change. They weren't willing to turn away from. They loved leisure. They loved contentment. You don't want to stand before the Lord on judgment day and him say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. No, you don't want the Lord to know you by the size of your bed. The Bible gives us no description about King Og of Bashan other than the size of his bed. You don't want the Lord to know you by the size of your bed. You want the Lord to know you by the size of your heart. You want the Lord to say, that's my child. They would not give up. That's, that, that, they were like the widow and the unjust judge. They was not taking no for an answer. That's my child right there. They wouldn't stop beating on the door until I opened the windows of heaven and I poured them out a blessing that they could not contain. That's my child right there. No giant was going to stop them from getting into their Canaan. Because they're not known by the size of their bed. They're known by the size of their heart. 
Don't let the disease of at ease get a hold of you today. Don't be at ease in Zion. You don't want the Lord to know you by the size of your bed. You want the Lord to know you by the size of your heart today. I've been a salesman for some time now. Long enough to tell you that business is born out of the spirit of entrepreneurship. People that are hungry. People that are eager. People that are willing to work. But it dies. Business dies in bureaucracy. The spirit of do nothing. That's not my job. That's somebody else's job. I'm not the trash picker upper. I'm not the toilet cleaner. There's somebody else who does that. The spirit of bureaucracy will kill any business. Let me tell you something. Revival is just the same. Revival is birthed in people that have hungry hearts. People that are willing to seek God. People that are willing to do the work of the Lord. People that are willing to be busy about the Father's business. People that are willing to be faithful regardless of what the cost may be. Revival is birthed in the hearts of hungry people. But revival dies. Revival dies in the heart of those that are at ease. Woe to those that are at ease in Zion. Woe to those who don't feel the need to be faithful. You better push yourself. You better push yourself. The disease of ease at ease will cost you. I got tongue tied on my own title. The disease of at ease will cost you your soul. These altars are open as we sing this song.